Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. The following program was previously broadcast. Welcome to this edition of the Lion's Den University Report. I'm your host, Glenn Bailey, and we have had the privilege of going to various campuses around the country to speak to dedicated Christians on those campuses about how their faith applies to their campus experience, to their day-to-day living, and some of the ways they've been ministering for Jesus Christ and lifting up uh, the greatest cause that could ever be pursued, the cause of the kingdom of God and the person of Jesus Christ in settings, which sometimes is a hostile environment in these days. And that's why we call our program the Lion's Den University Report. Uh, On this broadcast, we're not going to feature, as we usually do, an interview with someone related to the uh, campus community, but uh, rather I'm going to share today with you some thoughts I shared, uh, in summary, some thoughts that I shared at the Penn State Christian Faculty and Staff Fellowship uh, about a couple of months ago, and on the subject of myths at the university. We've had the privilege of interviewing people with a variety of expertise, areas that they've received their PhDs and uh, are doing research uh, as professors and uh, research staff at different universities. Uh, And uh, regardless of the field, whether it be nuclear energy or cancer research, stem cell research, uh, uh, adult stem cell research, uh, or other areas of study and research, other disciplines, uh, we find that the Christian faith uh, matches up and uh, can stand the test of questioning and uh, relating to the facts of modern science and the understanding of modern life, we find Christianity is relevant, not only relevant, but very helpful and positive. The answers offered by Jesus Christ are still the most valuable answers to life's basic questions that a person can find. And uh, myths, as I would define them here, uh, that are Uh, held at the university are ideas uh, promoted and commonly accepted, which are not supported by the facts. And we begin with myth number one, that uh, people are just material beings, the result of random natural processes of evolution. And the biblical uh, response to this that contrasts uh, this viewpoint, which is widely held, is that uh, it's obvious in nature that there is a creator. And that uh, what is being promoted today, that uh, accidental processes could produce such complexity, even to the extent of the human brain, the most magnificent uh, uh, object uh, in the universe, in the physical dimension, uh, that that could be the result of uh, mere accidental uh, random random, uh, chemical couplings is, uh, to the common sense mind, absurd. And that's why most uh, average People have not accepted evolution, even though it's been taught and uh, uh, promoted uh, dogmatically for many, many years in our education system. But this is, I believe, one of the first myths that we would find at the university, uh, that we're here by evolution, by random processes. There is no divine creator directly involved in the creation of the universe, of life, and of man in particular. The Bible points out the opposite, though, and says that nature, uh, if we'll just openly look at nature, we'll see a complexity far greater than any even any human intelligence uh, could produce. Uh, In Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. 
And uh, so as we look out at the heavens, uh, it says that they pour forth speech, uh, that we find actual complexity along the lines of language telling us that there is a designer behind all that we see. Every place we go in the universe, whether it be to the farthest uh, galaxies in the universe, we find organization and structure, uh, which is complex and intricate, uh, all the way down to the smallest uh, molecules and smallest living cells. We find, uh, especially in the living cells, uh, complexity beyond imagination. And they all declare uh, the message that comes from that information is uh, we're designed. There is a designer and the holy God uh, made the universe we live in and we're accountable to him. And I think that's the problem really is that uh, when you accept a designer of the universe, there's someone greater than you are and you have to come under uh, his authority and leadership. But uh, just common sense tells us that uh, complexity equals intelligence and design. If we found a wristwatch out on a path out in the woods one day, uh, we would never uh, go into some sort of uh, uh, thinking that uh, how did this come into existence? Uh, What... uh, Um, means was the dirt uh, rearranged and the rainfall and the wind and the weather uh, coming together with the molecular components that uh, comprise a wristwatch, Uh, we would uh, immediately realize some human being had been there. There was some intelligent uh, source that uh, made this wristwatch and some intelligent person uh, left it there. And uh, it was there uh, because we can identify with our common sense, things uh, that uh, have an intelligent source. Uh, But uh, if we take that illustration, though, and carry it over, the wristwatch is a highly uh, simple uh, mechanism compared to something like a living cell. Uh, The living cell contains millions of uh, components that function together. Someone has said as much functioning uh, activity goes on in a cell as in all the factories uh, that uh, human beings have built around the world just in one single living cell. And in the last 20 and 30 years, as molecular cell biology has become a focus of research and attention, we found not that it's uh, more and more simple, uh, that it could have come into existence by accident, but rather it's highly complex, contains information greater in one DNA molecule than um, many encyclopedias. And so creation is common sense. Intelligent design is common sense. Even one of the uh, people that the university uh, promotes because of uh, they like the values that he promoted, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a Christian minister whose uh, basis of equality was based in his Christian faith, uh, he questioned uh, the sensibility of evolution and that man and uh, the human intelligence could have been created or could have been the result of uh, accidental random uh, natural processes. And so he wrote at one point, uh, this man-centered foolishness has a long and oft times disastrous reign in the history of mankind. Sometimes it is theoretically expressed in the doctrine of materialism, which contends that reality may be explained in terms of matter in motion, that man is a transient accident of protons and electrons traveling blind. To believe that human personality is the result of the fortuitous interplay of atoms and electrons is as absurd as to believe that a monkey, by hitting typewriter keys at random, will eventually produce a Shakespearean play. Sheer magic. Materialism is a weak flame that is blown out by the breath of mature thinking. 
And uh, I would agree wholeheartedly with what uh, Dr. King said there and uh, say that uh, perhaps evolution is a sign of immature thinking, or as the Bible says in Romans 1, uh, that uh, there are those who deny God suppressing his truth, suppressing what is obvious in nature. And it says in Romans 1, 18 through 20, that uh, they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. And uh, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And uh, that what is, uh, can be known of God is obvious in the creation. Uh, God's divine power and Godhead can be seen in what has been made so that people will be without excuse for not believing in him. A simple comparison, I think, uh, really uh, answers this question when it comes to intelligent design uh, is the comparison to the SETI program, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence uh, that hundreds of millions of dollars have been poured into to uh, find uh, other intelligence outside of our solar system uh, by uh, listening to uh, the uh, uh, radio waves coming in from outer space. Now, how do we know that we're not uh, just getting space static? Uh, we know by finding if a message came in with a certain ordered complexity, we would assume that was an intelligent source. And the scientists would uh, jump up and down for joy if they found a, a message uh, rather than just space static that was orderly and complex. And they would try to decipher exactly what it meant. Uh, if they said, hello, we're here, uh, we would uh, not uh, immediately think, well, uh, some star has exploded and some random uh, uh, static has organized itself into an intelligent message. We know that's foolishness, and yet that's exactly what evolution is all about. And the DNA molecule is much more complicated, has much more complexity and organization uh, than even the simplest message that the SETI program would say, well, there's an intelligence outside of human beings, outside of our solar system. And we say God is the ultimate intelligence. One uh, a, a last quote related to this, uh, Dr. Charles Thaxton got his PhD in uh, chemistry at uh, the University of Iowa. Uh, he said to say that the uh, DNA molecule is a result of random nat natural processes is like going to Mount Rushmore and saying, oh, what an interesting erosion pattern. Uh, this is a myth at the universities today, a myth that is transferred down into all of our educational, public educational systems. Myth number two, there are no absolutes, only relative values that change over time. Uh, the implication of this is that there is no God, no moral accountability. People set the standards. But the biblical response is that God never changes, and there are absolutes based on his nature and character. For example, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says God is love. This is a fixed attribute of God. He always operates with this characteristic. And God is truth. He's the author of truth. And because he is, and because of his nature, that means there is objective truth in the universe, and there are fixed moral values that apply to all people in all places at all times. Uh, those who deny absolutes uh, say it in an absolute fashion, and so they even contradict themselves in coming to this conclusion. And we need to ask them, are they absolutely sure there are no absolutes? And unfortunately, they usually seem to be. And then uh, what about the things that uh, humanists believe are wrong, like racism and rape? Are those relative values, or are they only wrong in some circumstances, or are they always wrong? We as Christians believe things like rape, rape and racism are always wrong. You can never find an excuse in any time or place or situation uh, when these can be 
accepted. God has made all people equal in his image, respect for all, and respect in the area of sexuality are high standards in Christianity. And these are absolutes based on the nature and character of God. Myth number three, tolerance is the highest of virtues. Diversity should include everyone. But the Bible says uh, that uh, this is not the case. Uh, this is almost a religion today that tolerance is what you should promote uh, rather than a set of values that are based on reality and the respect for human beings and the dignity of human life. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We hate the sin because we love the sinner that the sin destroys. A person who is involved in alcoholism, for example, should not be told, well, you're okay. Uh, we're tolerant of that lifestyle. And even though it's destroying you, uh, it's okay. We treat everyone with respect, but we continue to call sin, sin. And uh, one debater tried to say he affirms everyone, trying to say that Christians, uh, in particular this area of homosexuality, is a hot issue on the campuses. Uh, in particularly the uh, issue of homosexuality, Christians are uh, intolerant. Uh, but uh, when he was challenged to say whether he would affirm a, a racist, tell a, or would he tell a racist he's wrong, or someone who uh, commits rape, or someone who's a liar, uh, would he affirm those kind of lifestyles? And he became very uncomfortable and uh, not willing to directly answer the question. But the Bible says sin is still sin. There are, by the nature of God, standards by which to judge right and wrong, the character of people, not by the color of their skin. Everybody's equal before God as determined by their creation in his image, whether they're white or black or male or female, young or old, uh, educated or uneducated. All are equal in God's sight and of great value. And uh, so uh, diversity in Christ includes all races, but sin is still to be described as sin because we love those that sin destroys. That's myth number three. We're going to stop here and pick up again uh, on the next broadcast on these myths at the universities. I'm Glenn Bailey, your host of the Lion's Den University Report. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.